But tonight we're going to take a, a time, it'll be in the Word of God, we're going to be in Psalm 34. Last, last week we were in Psalm 33, this week we are in Psalm 34. And this is going to be one of those uh, Psalms, again, that David is really looking up. Uh, it is at the time when he feigned madness before Abimelech, they say, who drove him away and he departed. But we will see David entering into uh, some amazing teaching, really, I think, that we'll we'll see together as, as we look in this together. But he begins and he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And as we look at these first couple verses, I want us to notice uh, David chooses to bless the Lord. And as we were studying this, to think that we get the privilege to choose that I'm going to bless God. Now, we can complain or we can feel sorry for ourselves, or we can point a finger or we could do whatever, but David says, I'm going to choose to bless God. And as we look at this, and as he, at the result of blessing God in, in the first verses, his praise will continually be in my mouth. I will choose to bless him, and as I choose to bless him, praise will be the result. And you notice it will continually be in my mouth. My soul, then, will make its boast in the Lord, and the humble will hear it and rejoice. And once again, we notice David says, I'm going to choose to boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's a choice. A lot of times we think, well, if this would just work out, then I would, and many, many times Christians spend their life preparing to live, but never begin. Because the Lord would say the kingdom of God is within you today. Wherever you're at today, choose to bless God. Whatever is happening, say, God, I'm going to choose to bless. I'm going to choose to make my boast in the Lord. And this word boast here is declaring God's greatness. I will choose to declare the greatness and the power of God. It isn't, I can do it. It isn't, no, but he can do it. I'm weak, but he's strong. And I'm going to not only bless, but I'm going to boast in God's strength. Because God's strength is amazing, and we all know that. And, and notice the result. In the first verse, we see he blessed, and praise would be continually in his mouth. David says, I'm going to choose. And this was a choice with David like us. Uh, the longer we study, really the book of Psalms in many ways is studying the life of David. And the longer we study David's life, the, the more we see that all around him were less than ideal circumstances. They say, well, he was a king. But everything that surrounded him, he never lost the enemies. He never lost the adversity. It was always there poking and pricking and stabbing and jabbing. And David is coming back and saying, I'm going to choose to bless God. Blessing God, praising God, boasting in God, 
is a choice. We have that choice. You know, God makes us free moral agents. He gives us, choose this day. Even it was Moses that said, who you'll serve, but as, or Joshua, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Choose. It is a choice that we have. And notice the result when I make my boast in the Lord. It says, the humble will hear it and rejoice. Once again, David says, the result of boasting in the Lord is the humble are touched. Now, that is exactly the opposite is in the flesh. You boast in the flesh, the prideful look at that and say, it's great. In the spirit, you, you boast in the Lord, the humble are encouraged. They rejoice. But it is a choice, and it is amazing because each day we, re- we get up and we, everyone here it gets hit with all kinds of information, all kinds of challenges, all kinds of trials. Uh, we, something comes in we weren't expecting, and we have the privilege to choose. It's a blessed privilege, but it's still a choice that God gives us. How many people here use GPS today, either on your phone or in your car? Raise your hand. I just, it's growing. We use it more and more. We don't always use it because if we're coming to church, we know how to get to church. But I can even get to a hospital or something and think, well, how do I get back to church the quickest? So I just push Greenway and away I go. But yesterday we had a, a, a woman who came in here to the church and she had a lot of issues, but she needed to get over here on the corner. She said, I need to get over here on Reams and, oh my, Peoria is that was a long time ago. It's by Peoria. Reams and Peoria, what's the address? She says, I don't have an address. I said, you know, ma'am, I've got to get an address. I'll call Uber, and we'll do this here at church rather than just pick them up because we don't, there's some issues there sometimes, and we'll, Uber can take you. And she says, she says, I don't have an address, but it's over there somewhere. Well, where's the house? Well, it's over there. It's the back of this lane. Where's the house in relation to the uh, Peoria and Reams? Well, I'm not quite sure. Well, how do we tell the Uber guy? And so finally, it was kind of a quite a little journey to where, you know, you can see this on your Uber app for those of you who ever use Uber. There's a place, you, if you take time, you'll see the crossroads. And, and it's not as expensive as most people think. So if you ever have to park your car somewhere and just get home, it might only cost you $5. It's not as much as you think. And you, you try to, you wait and wait for someone to go. And finally, I said, okay, here you are. You are at Peoria. And Reams is where you're going to go. But I don't know whether you're going east or west, and you don't either. But let's put this in and see if they'll come. And they came. But I said, now you'll have to tell him. But in making a choice, there has to be direction that we're going to choose. Notice the direction David was choosing. I will choose to bless. I will choose to praise. I will choose to boast in the Lord. You notice how, how this is. He is making a choice, and uh, many times, you know, I'm always blessed to see an older person in, say, a grocery store or whatever, that's just praising God. And I used to tell the children, I said, if you see a 70-year-old brother or sister just praising God, I will guarantee you they have learned the secret of forgiveness. Because you can't praise God like that and hold unforgiveness. It won't be. But, but in it, you don't just do that. It doesn't happen because you won the lottery today. It doesn't happen because everything went well in the job or, or whatever we're doing. It is because there has been a choice within the human heart by God's power to praise him. 
You know, we just came out of India, and I keep going back and decompressing in my trip to India with, with Vincana, who we support here in the church. And I go, what do, what do I learn from that man? And really, I learn a lot. But the one thing I probably learned the very most from Vincana is how thankful he is in the most weird places I've ever been. And to him, and I think I shared it at church, that's his mega church. But it isn't because it just happens. Vincana was not born just to say, praise God. Vincana chooses to praise God. The direction is toward God. You think about that. We make the choice. This is what David's doing. He says, I will choose to praise God. I will choose to boast in God. Uh, you know, you know I, I love this really about sports. I kind of like sports, but you hang on to a team a little while, they'll let you down. There'll be no more boasting there. No more. Because guess what? We'll look at the Cardinals this week, this year. Well, they won last week, but they don't, they're not winning. You know, I see some Ohio State fans. There's a little bit to boast in there right now. But it isn't very long. You keep boasting in the flesh, it's going to let you down. You boast in the Lord like David's doing, he will never let you down. It doesn't matter where you're at. And that's what David is saying here is I will make the choice by God's grace to bless, to praise, to boast. And there's more here, but I want to turn to a verse over in Jeremiah 9 and 23 and 24 because this is a tremendous verse, passage. Thus says the Lord, this is God speaking, let not a wise man boast in his wisdom. Now there's the choice. You can choose to try to boast in your wisdom. It's going to let you down. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. You can boast in your might for a little bit. It's going to let you down. But let him who boasts boast of this. And then he begins to say what it is. That he, the person, understands me and knows me. That I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness justice and righteousness on earth. Now, this is boasting. This is what David's, for I delight in those things, says the Lord. This is the choice to turn boasting the right way to the Lord. And this is what David is saying. He says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. You think it's possible that as David is writing this, he's just come through something quite traumatic. Oftentimes, it is then we lay, we're there, maybe we're laying in our bed or we're, going, we're getting ready to go to bed, whatever. We get the privilege to choose whether we will glory in the Lord or revel in our flesh. And really, it's an incomparable comparison. So, I mean, you say, how could that be? Why wouldn't we just choose the glory in the Lord? It is because we get lost in the things. But with Vincana, the thing I always see is he calls me daddy, daddy. It is so amazing what God is doing right in the middle of the slums of Hyberdad. Matter of fact, I had a pair of shoes. I wore them to work today. And it, I thought they were really nice shoes, but I got over and walked in the mud. And at night in the hotel, I said, I'm going to scrub those things and scrub them. I couldn't get that mud out. It was a red mud. And I thought, but there has to be stuff in that that isn't good to leave in the hotel with me. I finally got them and I let them dry two days. Now they don't fit. I wore them today, and I'd take them off, put them in my truck, and say, they're on their way to goodwill, and may God bless the person's feet who, who puts them on. But, 
But, but, but you'll see another choice David makes here too in verse three. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And I love this because he is speaking, he's not making himself an island. He's not in the, you know, there's a challenge even in difficult times to become these little islands. You know, it's God and I, and I, we're gonna make it through this thing. But David is saying something really profound as he says, magnify the Lord with me. The word magnify in the Hebrew is gadel. Magnify, gadel the Lord with me. That is to see him not bigger than he is, just see him as he is. God can get no bigger than what he is. You know, today we have the Hubble telescope that can go out there and we can get way out there, but we don't make that any bigger, the object we see, than what it already is. There's a new telescope coming. They predicted this is kind of how we are as people. We said, we're gonna, we got the new one. It's called the James Webb Telescope. It's gonna be 100 times more powerful than the Hubble. We're gonna get out 1.2 million miles with the James Webb Telescope. Well, guess what? They had, they, it will be completed in 2018. They're now they're saying it'll be 2020 at least. And I always kind of think of God having a little sense of humor there. Okay, I'll decide when the telescope gets done. But David is saying, but magnify the Lord with me. And then together, notice this, and this is what's beautiful even to me about this assembly. Let us exalt his name together. Because when the saints assemble together, strength of the Lord flows from heart to heart and person to person. And I realize there's a lot of times in our Christian life that it, it, it can't be like that for a season. But David, as he's speaking here, is saying, uh, we're gonna magnify the Lord. We are going to see God as he is the best we can. God gets no, he's not some little being that we get a telescope to make him larger. He's already there. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He needs no counselor. He is perfect in every way. He's holy and righteous in every one of his works. But he says, let's exalt the name of the Lord together. But as we're looking at this, we're, there's one more step David takes us into as he enters in verse four. I sought the Lord. This is a choice again. We come to this crossroad. We get hit with that phone call that we were not expecting. We'd never expected to work out that way. David says, I sought the Lord. The choice to seek God, rather than my own wisdom, my own, my own experience, my own understanding, is that, that that's a temptation. I would even say this because uh, many of you have lived a Christian life a few years. And one of the challenges, I've, I, I've just thought about that different, different times, we can begin to think, you know, I've got some pretty good experience there. I think I've been down that road. No, seek the Lord. You know, it says in Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God first. And everything else will be added. And here David is saying, I, made, I make a choice to seek God. So remember, first the Lord, but remember, we got to go to the right place. We the Lord doesn't have an address. He rules over the eternal heavens. He's over everything, but yet we need to seek him. And now, now here's a challenge. One of the Christian challenges that will keep us from this is seeking about him, but not him. You see, when Paul wrote to Timothy 
in one of the last letters. He said, Timothy, and this is a good thing for a guy like me, and from the time I was a young pastor, it would just strike me. You preach the word, not about the word, not your philosophy about the word, not your idea about the word. You preach the word. The power is in the word. The power is in the word of God. And here David is saying, I'm making this choice. And so as we look at this privilege that David is showing us here, he says, I've made the choice to bless. The result is praise. I've made a choice, this is all by God's grace and his power, that I'm going to boast in the Lord. And I'm going to, the humble, the result is the humble are going to hear thereof, and we will magnify the Lord together. This choice is not just about my Christianity or my ability. It's about the saints working together. This is a place we lose it sometimes in the modern culture. We think we'll, we'll get a super saint. No, we're powerful together. The Word of God says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. But if we're by ourselves, we become often a potential shot of the enemy. He'll try to knock us off. He'll do what he can. And if you notice, though, David is saying, I sought him, I'm seeking him. And then he, I sought the Lord. Notice the result here when David said, I sought the Lord. Okay, I came to this place. He doesn't have time to tell us. It may have been in En Gedi. It could have been on the hills of Bethlehem. But I sought the Lord. And then notice what he said. I sought the Lord. The result, he answered me. I sought God. He answered me. I sought God. He answered me. Now, this is a promise in the word of God. When you seek God, you'll find him. That is a promise of the word of God. One place it says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. He's saying, I'm asking you, it's not about your ability. It's about the, the desire to seek him first, to make the choice for God. How would God respond? When I go up to meet this guy, I have a fellow that uh, in Washington State from many years ago that oh, he's a Christian. He owes, a lot, owes me a lot of money, and I need to have a talk with him. But I need to look him in the eye as a brother in Christ and say, let's talk about a way to do this. But also, I must do it God's way, not my way. It, my way will never bless him. Ultimately, in every decision we're doing, the path of God is to bless all involved. And David here is, is just simply saying, I sought the Lord. He answered me and delivered me from my fears. And, and look at the result. Not only did he answer, but he delivered. So God, notice what, how amazing God is. The choice is before us. But when you seek God first, you never outgive God. He will come in a different way to bless, to answer, to help. It may come in a back door we never saw coming, but as David here is speaking, he said, I sought God, and he not only answered me, but in this situation, I was delivered from my fears. Fear is a major, major, just like uh, that we have that one song, Fear is a Liar. It'll take your breath. It'll stop you in your steps, and, but it is still a liar. And David here is saying, I sought, 
God heard and he delivered. And it's, it, it seems in some ways, as you look at this, uh, you say, this has to be too simple. But really, the Christian faith is very simple. Walk by faith, trust God, he will take it, see us through. Believe in his son, believe in the cross of Christ, believe in what he's done, and God will deliver. And this is what David is, is saying here. There's another verse in Isaiah 55 and 6, uh, a beautiful Isaiah's prophecy. He said, seek the Lord while he may be found. David said, I sought the Lord. Call upon him while he is near. You know, one of the things that I've learned by uh, worshiping, uh, it's been a little over five years that Dev and I have been here at Calvary Chapel. Uh, for the first couple years, we were involved in a lot of other churches and international ministries and stuff. But one of the things I've learned from men of God here and, and women of God is we've came to crises and we didn't know what to do. And I've watched men of God mostly because I'm, I've been with men say, let's seek God right now. Let's, let's pray right now. And for me, as a, a brother who had uh, spent my life in ministry, I was being taught something by men of God in an amazing way. Let's just Seek him now. And I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, I love, I, I was, uh, the first place I was a, a past, uh, just a minister back in, in the early 80s, and we came to a crossroad, and, and we had a lot of experience. We had 15 people in our team. And I remember they came to me and says, how do you feel, John? And I go, could we just pray about it? And the, I can still remember the old pastor just loved the guy. He looked at me and says, well, why, if you want to pray, you can go ahead and pray. I go, well, could we all pray? But sometimes we do that. We don't pray first. We don't seek God first. He's, we, we think, I'll try my own things. I will work a different avenue. But here David says, I sought him. And, and when that, that verse we looked at, it says, seek the Lord while he can be found. If we don't seek him, we won't find him. And there are times, just like the word of God says, now is the time to seek God. So if God's, it might sound kind of bold, it might sound kind of, uh, to someone say why, but let's seek him right now. Many times that full year, someone comes up, you can't believe, why don't we just pray right now? This is what David is, 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 uh, is what's coming to me as in this study this time, seek God first. Whatever it is, first go to God, not second, not third, seek God first. And the result is going to be this blessing. God's going to hear you. He's going to answer the prayer. Uh, the humbler are going to hear about it. We're going to exalt his name together. We're going to have saints around us who are likewise seeking God first. That's what we want, but we seek God first. God does amazing things. And if you notice in verse, verse uh, 6, David used the term, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. Once again, he made a choice to cry out to God, this poor man. But let's notice the condition that David saw himself in. Now we know he was a king of Israel. He wasn't, he lived in a palace. He had many servants around him. But David, in writing this, met what he was saying, inspired by the Holy Spirit. This poor man cried. I cried out to God. 
I just cried out to God and God delivered. And David is simply saying, Lord, I'm nothing without you. It is a beautiful place when we get back there as Christians. What takes us back there often is a journey we did not expect. But as God takes us on that journey and we cry out to him and we now are the poor man, it doesn't matter what job you have or you've been in life, what milestones you've crossed in the past or where you are today, when you finally reach that point, Lord, help me. I can't do it without you. I can't. And there's no more fluff. There's no more, well, this is probably how he wants to hear it stuff. Because really what God wants to hear is just how it really is. He doesn't want fluff. He doesn't want fluff in religion. He doesn't want fluff in our lives. He don't want us trying to make fair shows of the flesh. He'll get no glory there. We used to have a guy in our church uh, years ago, and I'll never forget that one of the old pastors, in, this is back in the California days, gave, a, gave an um, invitation. The guy come right up the front of the church. Bam, I heard the invitation here. Like, Who are you? Where'd you come from? And I mean, it was an amazing journey. I love the guy. A couple years ago, I connected with him again. But he was a guy that when you met him and he walked in the door and you said, Jim, how you doing? Jim just said, lousy. The enemy's been all over me all week. I don't know what to do, but that's where it is, and I've blown it so many times. And, you know, I got to the place, and he was a good friend of mine, and we really, and it was like, but Jim's transparent. It's not like, well, how was your week? Good. I, uh, yeah, great. How's yours? Yeah, good. And I, I heard one old pastor one time say, there's more lies told as people walk in the, in the doors of a church than about any other place there is. Everything's going great. I'm busy at work. Yeah, happy, reading the word. Everything's there. Not Jim. You knew it. Here he came. Bam. But here David is like this too. This is one of the reasons you can think about this. He, one of the reasons why David was a man after God's heart, it was because David was a transparent man. He didn't put a veil around it. It wasn't some fluffy thing. Yeah, I will answer in the phrase I have memorized. It wasn't that with David. And if you notice this, he says, but look at what happened. He cried. Here comes the result. The Lord heard him. We're going to see this throughout the psalm. He cries. The Lord hears him, and he saves him. And notice how far it went. When God saves, he doesn't partially save. It says he saves him out of all of his troubles. He cries out. He says, Lord, I'm the poor man. I'm the man who desperately needs you. And God comes along and doesn't just save. He saves out of everything, every single thing in David's life. He saves out of all of his troubles. And then David looks and says, and the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. We're going to see this word again, fear. It's going to keep diving in at us tonight because the fear of the Lord is an amazing teaching of the word of God. And I believe we'll find in the book of Romans, it says the day comes when men lose the fear of God. But we're going to see tonight, and here it comes, who fear him. And notice, he rescues me. So look what happened because this poor man cried out to God. God hears him. He saves him out of all of his troubles. And 
He senses now the angels around him. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. You know what he's saying? I fear the Lord. And, and he rescues him. God. David sees it. I cried out, God got me. I've heard this from many of you at different times. I, I came to a point, I cried out, God was there. And really, in a lot of ways, we don't want to get too far down the road without having another testimony like that. God has an amazing way of bringing us back there. He takes us back to a place. He wants us to cry out to him, and he's here to completely rescue in every way. Now, as David goes in verse 8, he, 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 he throws out a, a challenge, but still a choice, okay? We're looking tonight at the privilege of choosing God's way. Maybe that could be the title even, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not always good at that. I just think uh, the privilege of choosing the way of God. David says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You notice again what he's saying? Choose to taste him. I remember years ago, I didn't think I liked yogurt. And, and, I, and people said, I wasn't a cottage cheese guy, and I thought yogurt's like cottage cheese. One time, we had a dear couple in California with great friends. We just met them again the last year. And they said, we want to take you out for ice cream tonight after church. So we go out for ice cream after church to this place, and I ate, they ordered for me, and I ate it, and his name was Steve, and he says, how'd you like it? And I said, really, really good. Well, he says, you just ate yogurt. And from that day on, I liked yogurt. But out of this is the truth, and that is, we won't know how good he is unless we're willing to taste him. Tasting him is what declares the goodness of God. We get the privilege of tasting God as we read the word of God, as we pray to him, as we just commune with him, we meditate with him, and out of it, what do we find? What's the result of the taste? It's never like, I didn't expect that. It wasn't what I thought I was going to get. The result of the taste always is God's good. God's good. Different places we go, uh, we have memories that go back. And the one, the one memory that goes in, in the Philippines is that's what they shout. The, the Philippine people where we've worshipped and, and taught and, and worked with them, they just shout God's good. And you could get the place, you could walk down the street, you could walk through a church like this, and you'd yell, God is good. And they'd go, all the time. And this is just how spontaneous it was to them. But in tasting the Lord... Again, it's a choice. I can choose that tomorrow morning I will get up and I will read the Bible. That's my choice. If I choose to do that, I will discover how good he is. I can choose tonight to pray to God, or I can choose to meditate. But until I do that, I will not see the goodness of God. It's a choice. But notice what happens when we make that choice. We then See, the Lord is good. And notice what else it says. What, what comes out of making that choice? Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We see God as a God of refuge. 
He's the rock and shelter we can go for. He's the strong arm. He's the one that we can get underneath and say, Lord, I have seen you. And I know many of you do this, but you come to a crossroad and, and, and you've never been there before. In one sense, you've never been there. And you're thinking, what do we do now? And you get the privilege of saying, God, you have done it before and you've done it before, and you've done it before, and you've done it before, and by God's grace, I'm going to believe you can do it again. I'm going to believe you're good, and I'm not going to let that go. I believe Pastor Brad brought up uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11, maybe a Sunday. I know the thoughts that I have toward you, says the Lord, Thoughts of good, not of evil. This is always what we discover when we truly taste God. It's good. We probably have no idea how much God really wants to bless us. Because he's God. The ways he wants to bless us may not be the way we want blessing today. But God wants to bless us in the most amazing ways. And, and David is just simply saying, I will taste him. I will see he's good and, and how blessed is the man that takes refuge in him. I think we've told you this before, but I, I, I always default to this verse when I think about this. But we have, we've been blessed to have, still have an apple orchard in Washington State. And that's one thing I'll do. I'll meet with the guy that farms it. He's a great Christian guy. But one of the apples we raise there is the Honeycrisp apple. How many of you, how many of you here have eaten a Honeycrisp? Raise your hand. Most, most of the people, a few years ago, there wasn't near as many. And you'd be here. Matter of fact, I can remember the time, Bob, I brought in Honeycrisp for the elders. You remember that? I brought a box of, El- of Honeycrisp into the elders. They say, yeah, we like apples. Well, if you say you just like apples, you really haven't tasted a good Honeycrisp yet. Because when you say, when you really taste the good Honeycrisp, you go, you mean Honeycrisp? Yeah. And Dev and I lived in a little community just outside of Yakima, and one year, I, I told him, I'm, I'm going to bring you honey crisp apples from the orchard up there. And, oh, yeah, we like apples, so bring them. So we got bags for all the neighbors about Christmas time, and we brought them. And here's a bag for you and a bag for you. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thanks for the apples. We always have liked apples. And a week or two later, you run into them. They go, those apples. And the reason is they kind of explode in your mouth. The good honey crisp, the, the, and they got, the great, they got the, one of the greatest names that are there. Honey crisp, but really, it's, it, it really is representative of what the apple is. It just kind of like explodes in your mouth. And the word, the Lord is saying, Taste me and I'll explode in you. I'll overwhelm you with how good I am. I will turn around and bless you. It won't come the way you thought, usually. It's not going to be the, th- the thing you thought, but I'm going to bless you and I'm going to discover your goodness in the most amazing way. Oh, here comes that word again, verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Now, that word there, the Hebrew is Yahweh, not Yahweh. Yahweh, fear the Lord. Now, the fear of God we're speaking about tonight, and David is diving into and touching that is referenced hundreds of times in the Hebrew, is a word that speaks of great reverence to revere, just honor, 
to respect. This can be lost in our culture. This can be lost in the day we live. And when David says, he goes, he says, I, again, think about this in light of the privilege of choosing God's way. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. It is an awe of God, just a reverential awe, being overwhelmed by who God really is and realizing, God, you are truly amazing. And here David is giving this, oh, Yahweh the Lord in the Hebrew, you his saints. Probably Andy, our worship leader, if he was here, he'd probably say you didn't pronounce it right, but that's okay, he's not here. For to those who fear him, there is no want. Now look at the result. Fear the Lord. The choice, the privilege to fear God and the result. You fear the Lord. Who does it? The saints of God. Not the guy in the street. He doesn't know who God is. He has not yet came to the place of the reverence and the awe and the honor and respect that the word of God teaches when we speak of the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's not just the guy upstairs. He's not just the buddy we pull the chain. He is our, the Alpha and Omega. He is the great I am. He is the Yahweh. He is the greatest of everyone. There is no other God besides him. And here he says, fear the Lord. Here's who does it, the saints, because the saints are the ones who grasp who God is. You become a saint because you enter into his presence by faith because you realize that God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son, that God is the one that makes a difference, that it was God himself that was giving himself as a perfect sacrifice as the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But he says, for those who fear him, here comes the blessing of God. There's no want, none. You say, hold it. How about that bill I've got to pay? He's speaking about something eternal here. He's speaking about something. How about those things, that bill we don't know if we can pay? He's speaking about something way bigger than that. For those who choose to fear God and truly place, keep him in their heart and magnify him, there is absolutely no want. What he is speaking about is a spiritual contentment that we can find in Jesus, that no matter what happens out there, if things go dry, if America goes upside down, it doesn't matter in one sense because God still got it. That's one thing the Chinese have taught me in teaching in China. The Chinese have taught me they live in an oppressed society and they've taught me that it's not about the society. It's not about the government because those people are teaching me how to worship God when I'd walk in these little sanctuaries and teach them because they had found the blessing of God. And I'll tell you another thing that's amazing about them. When they sing, you will see that fear of the Lord in their heart. They might have found some old organ they, they found out, in the, out there in the alley somewhere, and that's all they've got. But they're fearing God. And you know what else? There's no want. You know, Deb and I have been there many times, and and, and have prayed hundreds and hundreds of times to those Chinese. I've never had a Chinese yet come up and ask for anything material in prayer. Because they already believe they're as rich as they'll ever get. Because God's already pouring his blessing into them in the most amazing ways. 
And I'm again, we, we, many times when we've left, I'll turn to Debbie and I'll say, you know, we came over here to teach these people. I wonder who taught who? And these dear folks with such a faith and they're willing to make that choice and, and it just says there's no want. And then he goes, the young lions lack, they suffer hunger and that's very true. But they who seek the Lord will not want any good thing. Notice what he says, not want, it doesn't say not want anything because sometimes we get our wants and our needs upside down and backwards, but it says they won't want any good thing. Those who fear God will not desire anything but God. This is where God is taking each of us. All of us going to church, all this praying, all this growing, all this suffering is reaching a point that we want nothing but God. Nothing. Come, you children, listen to me, David writes, and I will teach you, here it is again, the fear of the Lord. Really, he's writing this, that this is really the Lord speaking. He's saying, children, come over here, sit down. I need to teach you the fear of the Lord. Have, have any of you ever felt that, that God has just spoken to you and said, just sit down here. I'm gonna teach you the fear of the Lord. Because you got so busy. I, just like, just to confess to you, I'm a, I'm, I've always been kind of a busy guy on the run my whole life. And God will finally say, just sit down. Sit down. I'm going to teach you the fear of the Lord. Sometimes we miss the fear of the Lord unless we sit down. In one place in Psalms, it says, be still to know that I'm God. We try to find God in the rush, and that's not where he's at. He's going to say, you're going to sit down. You're going to, you're going to find yourself sitting in my presence, meditating, listening, learning, walking with me before you go, the, you could get this. But here, notice what he says. When I get through teaching, it's not like, God, give me another sermon. God, give me another concept. God, give me enough that I could write a book. No, that's not what he's saying. He says, I want you to come and enter into my presence, and I'm going to teach you the fear of God. We say, hold it. You mean, you mean come on, this has to be taught? Yes, it's, it's forgotten very quickly. He says, come, enter, and I'm going to teach you the fear of the Lord. He asks a question then, who is the man that desires life and loves lengths of days that he would see good? Who's the person that wants the blessing of God? And this is really amazing. I'll probably end here tonight because it's interesting when you look in the word of God that God teaches us something really profound that we overlook it, and that is the blessing of God is learned with some amazingly outwardly simple things like trusting God, yielding to God, giving our lives to God. It's not, well, I'll get the blessing of God if I can find the right book or if I can get the right concept. And I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. But that's not where we find God. The blessing of God is found as we enter his presence because by God's grace, we say, Lord, I want you. I don't want everything else out there. I want you. And I have the choice. I can make it today. But God, I want you. 
I don't want everything else because that stuff won't last. And here he says, here's what, here's, here, comes the, here comes the blessing of God. And we may linger in this a little bit next week if God gives us a time. Keep your tongue from evil. Watch it. Check it. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. He goes, we say, hold it. Come on, that, that's pretty fundamental, God. No, this is really powerful. Keep your tongue from evil if you want the blessing of God. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in the gossip corners. Keep your tongue from evil. And he says, this is the blessing. This is the blessing of God. And notice the next part, and, and your lips from speaking deceit. We say, What's he, what is he talking about? From giving words out there in certain ways to control or manipulate or maneuver. God doesn't want that. He wants men and women who are living in clear conscience before God and man, trusting him and discovering the blessing of God in the most amazing and simple yet profound ways. Because you know this, most people are chasing for blessing. The world's packed with people running after blessing. They're not finding it, and they want more. And so we live in the life of more. So what, what happens at Christmas? More presents, more stuff that we don't use, that we throw away, or we forget we even had. And God says, you want the blessing? You want my blessing? Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit. Two things there. Your tongue and your lips, they're both combined. Depart from evil. Choose my way. Do good. Seek peace. That's another one. And pursue it. Go after it. And I, and I got lost in that in the study here. Seek peace. Yes, we want peace. That means peace in this church, peace in our homes. I was blessed by a testimony from one of you brothers last night who shared just in our, in our presence, just how God has just, just worked a tremendous work of peace in your family just this week. Now, that's God. But it says, seek peace, and then he says, pursue it. He's not saying just seek peace. and Okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a peaceful guy, so I'll just kind of go out and wilt in the corner. No, he says, pursue it. That means let love be active in your life. Let forgiveness and kindness flow from you to other people. Seek peace, pursue it. Now he says, go after it. Just like the cat chasing the mouse. Go after that. And the Lord says, as you do that, you're going to experience the blessing of God. Be the peacemaker. Remember that in, in, in um, Matthew 5? Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called the children of God. Well, we've... Had a little time tonight. We've looked in the Word of God, and, and we leave here, and who knows? I, I just wonder, how many choices do we have between the now and, say, going to church on Sunday to choose God's way? Just think about them. So many ways. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for each word, each verse you've given us. Lord, I thank you for strength. We thank you for Lord, I just thank you how amazing your blessings are, and they come in so many ways. And I just pray, Lord, that you will bless your people and your children with uh, your riches. And Lord, that we can allow you to bless us because you want us to choose you. How you long for our arms and our hearts to be open to you. 
So Father, I pray also that you will just go with those that are struggling, the ones we prayed for tonight, many, many other people in the world. I pray that you will uh, watch over our president and, and even the entire Bush family in the time and when, when they're releasing dad. Thank you, Lord, for godly leaders that you raise up. And I pray that you will continue to raise them up in here in America until you come again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a blessed week in Jesus.